you ever seen a ghost? Experienced energy from the unseen? Felt something you couldn't see? Or had doors slam for no reason? Well, welcome to the Love Your Story podcast Halloween episode. The world is full of ghost stories. So for Halloween, I opened up the phone lines to have people call in and share their own personal ghost stories. Stay tuned for the call-ins and get a little ghost story thrill to prepare you for upcoming Halloween season. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. I'm going to start today's episode with a quote from George Q. Cannon. He is a respected member of the clergy and the Latter-day Saint religion. He says, quote, there are places where the influence or the presence of invisible spirits are very perceptibly felt and that evil influences or spirits affect us. I have come to the conclusion that if our eyes were open to see the spirit world around us, we should feel differently on the subject than we do. We would not be so unguarded and careless and so indifferent whether we had the spirit and power of God with us or not. But we would be continually watchful and prayerful to our Heavenly Father for His Holy Spirit and His holy angels to be around us. Unquote. With that warning in mind, let's listen to the call-ins, because things are about to get real. Welcome, caller, to the Love Your Story Spooky Ghost Halloween Hotline. Um, what's your name? And then go ahead and tell me your story. Hi, my name is Kate. And I have often, especially at this time of the year, been asked if I believe in ghosts. And the answer is yes. One of the most haunted places in all of Utah is the train station museum in Ogden. They've had train crashes, they've had derailings, they've had the building collapse, and, and people have died in and around that area. And each year, this year is the exception because of COVID, unfortunately, but each year they've held um, a couple uh, tours that are through the museum at night in the dark. And you're going with those people who are actually ghost finders or people that work with ghosts. And they take you through the museum to the rooms that are the most haunted. And they try to kind of tickle the spirits to, so that they'll let us know that they're there. So have you done this? I have. And it is actually really, really fun. When you're walking past the glass holder where the uh, train, the model train kind of goes all around the museum, we were walking through the hall and all the lights are off in the museum at this point at, in, at night and it's dark outside. And we looked into the glass and several of us could see faces in the glass as we were walking down the hall. And really? 
Do you yeah. think? Do you think it was something they had set up that was kind? Like, was it something they could have, you know, set we up wondered, to be with their program? We wondered that, but it was so you couldn't make it that real. You know, there is. I mean, even the greatest people in Hollywood couldn't get it to look that real or to be that real. And the fact that some of us could see it and some couldn't. I think a lot of times when it comes to spirits is if you don't believe, they don't show themselves. And so some of us could see and some of us couldn't. We were in a room and it was a room where a child had died and the spirit worker, <laughs> I guess you could call it, um, set a ball in the middle of the room. He's just like, everybody just sit in a circle. And he just set a ball in the middle of the room and it slowly started to move. And he would point to one of us and say, call out this name and is the name of the child. Some people called out the name and the ball rolled to them. And some people called out the name and it didn't. So again, I don't know if it was a matter of if you believe or not, um, but it was really cool. Um, underneath the museum is um, our underground passages. and. We walked down there to part of the passageway where people had passed away or died. You could just feel a spirit down there. It was very different. It wasn't eerie or creepy or scary, but you could feel like the whole world had changed. So, okay. So did this freak you out or did it, did you just feel kind of safe or see, seeing, having all these things happen while you're on this tour, you're starting to think, oh my gosh. No, I wasn't scared at all. Uh, for me, I I like to walk close to the veil, <laughs> as you might say. I I don't. I'm not afraid of spirits. I think that people that are on the other side are there to help us, and it's just a matter of if you believe or trust them, whether they'll help you or not, or be with you or not. So, do you think all spirits are good, or do you think some of them are um, evil or have malintent? Yeah, unfortunately, I do know that there are evil spirits. And that's why you want to surround yourself with good things, you know, on a daily basis so that the bad spirits won't want to be around you. Thank you, Kate. What an interesting story. <laughs> and if in the years to come, if you have a chance to go to the haunted, they call it the haunted museum, but it's just, it's a, it's a neat experience. It's something everybody should do if they're interested. I always wonder how many of those are with with folklore and I'm I'm a part of folklore is what my masters was in and the ghost walks and ghost stories and all that type of thing is a big part of folklore so this really gets brought up during during this season of the year because um, I'm on the board for the Folklore Society of Utah and one of our fundraisers down in BYU is a a ghost walk like that around Provo yeah. where they're leading it and telling the stories of some of the ghost like experiences down in that yeah. area. But I've always wondered, I have a stepson who's really interested in that kind of thing too and haunted houses. And so we were looking at one point of maybe giving him a trip down to New Orleans where there's a lot of ghost walks oh, and stuff yeah. down there. And I'm just in the back of my mind, I'm always wondering how many of them are really legit and how often stuff happens. So it's interesting to hear your story. Yeah, I I thought I thought it was legit. <laughs> I thought it was cool. <laughs> Thank Kate for calling in. Thank you.
Hey, it's the Love Your Story Ghost Hotline. What have you got for me? Well, hi, Lori. This is Tanya, and I just have a couple of stories. Um, one was uh, I had moved into a home that um, had only had one owner, and they had passed away in the house. We didn't know this when we bought the home, but um, we had a room that was just off our front room, <laughs> and uh, we had a dog that we had a broken fence, so we kind of put her in there while we were at work. When we came back, she had been running around that room, and she had messed all over the walls. Like, she was running in circles trying to get out of there and had just crapped all over, terrified. And it just broke my heart. <laughs> this doesn't sound like a ghost story. <laughs> it sounds like a bad pet story. <laughs> it was It was awful. <laughs> And uh, and we that was kind of the center of activity in that room because um, we also had some wind chimes that kind of hung from the middle of the room. They were on a light. And the windows were always closed. We weren't in a great neighborhood, so we never left them open. But um, at night, the wind chimes would go off, They'd, like sound off. We also had toys in that room. Okay, that, but that's what wind chimes do. They go no, off. No, not when there's not a breeze. <laughs> so were they inside? They were inside. The wind chimes were the in the house. The windows were closed. Oh. The doors were closed. There was there was nothing going on in that room, except the chimes would go off. <gasps> and then we had some toys in there. And this is the same room that the same dog room had. Room that the dog in. went crazy in, like really crazy. The second we opened the door, she almost plowed us over. She was she was terrified. It just oh. was not even funny. Poor puppy. <clears throat> and then um, you know, little chimes would go off. But then we had some battery operated toys that would just go off so i went in there and i took the battery out because they'd always go off at night and i'm like i ain't gonna have that <laughs> so i took the batteries out and they would still go off Nuh-uh. they would still go off and so what kind of toys like dolls no it was like a, it was like a garbage truck <laughs> it was just like a garbage truck and it would make this chomping sound like it was grinding the trash it was really awesome to hear in the middle of the night <laughs> Wow. So what did you do? So uh, I was married at the time and my ex just thought I was crazy. And uh, and so when he was away, I um, I had his dad come over and bless my house because my poor dog, like she would, she was, um, she was still growling at things like she would growl at the air and she'd sniff the air and I and I, there was a time where I was walking down my hall and it felt like someone was trying to give me a hug, but it wasn't a pleasant feeling. It was like a creepy, somebody's grabbing me and trying to like make me feel better kind of hug. And at that point I called <laughs> and said, please come bless my house because <laughs> it's not comfortable here anymore. My dog and I are, are going crazy. So my so father lived comes in over. a haunted house. Oh, truly. It was, and it was, it was like built in the 1960s, but they had never, like it was one owner. They lived there, died there. It was still their house as far as they were concerned. And uh, my father-in-law came over uh, with uh, my mother-in-law at the time and he blessed the house and um, I was feeling a little better and I was sitting with him in the kitchen and chatting with him while my mother-in-law just kind of hung out in the front room and I was just kind of watching her and she was just hanging out and when... uh, when they finally left, she turned to him and she's like, well, if you have any more problems, you give us a call. And I was like, why would I have any more problems? You just blessed my house. 
And the minute they leave and they're gone, I go and sit on my couch and my dog comes and sits next to me and she starts sniffing the air and starts growling again. And so I immediately called someone else. I said, I need to have two elders come over here and bless my house because apparently we didn't fix the problem. And so um, a two elders from my church come over and the whole time that they were blessing the house, my dog was growling. She just the whole time growling and kind of doing this snippy bark, which she wasn't, she's not the kind of dog she was. She was a mastiff and she had this deep kind of <laughs> mm. roll in her throat. The minute the prayer was over, she was done and she was fine. They left. We felt better. There were no more incidents. But I got a call the very next morning from my mother-in-law and she said, hey, how's it going? I'm like, uh, it's okay, but don't tell, don't tell, you know, father-in-law that um, we had to call somebody back over. She's like... I knew it because when you were in the kitchen talking with them, the blinds were opening and closing all the time. I'm like, no way. Why would you leave me there? Oh my gosh. So did you sell that house and get out of Dodge? We totally sold the house and then went to a much worse home for me. Oh my (laughs) gosh. Which is my second story. So we moved to a town in in Utah called Stockton and it's out past Chihuahua out in the West Desert. Where was this first home at? The first home was in West Valley City, Utah. Okay. And uh, and so we moved to a brand new home. And I'm thinking, no problems are going to happen here. It's a brand new build, right? But we get into this town, this little town of Stockton. There's maybe a couple of hundred people there at the time. And um, we build our home and we move in. And then we find out that this was like a, a town that was so bad that it was actually cursed by the Mormon prophet Brigham Young. <laughs> like there was a curse put on it. And the little bishop's wife who was telling me that she's like, and I wrote the church and they said they wouldn't take the curse off. It's just going to stick. And I was like, wow, that's wild. But the history of the town is that they were, um, they were into mining and they were into boozing and they were into brothels and they were, they were just heavy Mining heathens. and brothels go hand in hand in Utah history. <laughs> <laughs> right. And they were also very anti-religion. They were anti the the Mormon religion. And so they, I don't know, bad energy. And it wasn't until we'd been in the house for um, about six months or so. And there was a room in my upstairs that had the smell of a saloon. Like... I don't, I don't go into a lot of saloons, but has, you know, if you've ever been around somebody who has, um, who has old smoke smell or like an old beer kind of smell to them, it smelled old, but it was definitely like tavern smell, like old smoke or old beer kind of mixing. So you in the think air. there was an old ghost from the old days that was like hanging <gasps> out in the upper room? Well, I was like, eh. I mean, I'm not really like someone who like jumps to conclusion that this is what this is, but it was like this awful smell and it didn't matter. I couldn't get it out of that room. And so... Even though it's a brand new house. Even though it's a brand new house. Like it should smell like fresh paint and new carpet, right? Yeah. No, it totally didn't. And it was our, it was our guest room and um, we had some friends come over and stay in that room. And um, since I was the only one who experienced anything, I wasn't going to, you know, bring anything up, but... The night after, when my friend came downstairs, she's like, I had the creepiest feeling in that room, like somebody was staring over the bed at me. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> I'm 
sorry to hear that. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't reinforce it. I was just like, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> so do you think it's these houses are haunted or the evil spirits just follow you around? I think that the area of Stockton, um, there's there was a tavern in the town of Stockton that was actually visited by a ghost hunter group because they had activity every day at the tavern that was there. It was like a little restaurant that they'd opened, which is now closed. Um, but they had activity every day. And uh, and they'd have, you know, the little menus flying out of the pockets of the, of the um, waiters and waitresses. You know, they'd take the little orders and they'd stick them in their pockets and they'd go flying out or they the pens would get ripped out of their pockets. Like, serious activity. So why do you think so many ghosts would stay in a place like that? Is it sort of just a purgatory you know, sort of space? I think it's just because it's remote and, and the people that are there... There's so few of them, but they're longtime residents. And I think that there's like this new surge in this new build that, you know, all these new folks came in and and we kind of we kind of took over their space. And I don't think they enjoyed it very much. At least they didn't in my place. <laughs> so what was the freakiest thing that happened to you in this new house? Freakiest thing. And I'm going to tell you in two parts, if that's okay. okay. And we'll make it fast. But... We were sitting in, we had next to this room that had this weird smell and that freaked my friend out. We had a game room and it was a long game room. It was like over a four car garage. It was just kind of a long, not really narrow space, but yeah, yeah, it was a bonus room and it was long and it was deep. And, uh, And we were sitting on the far side of it, away from the only door. The window is not open. Once again, it's totally closed. We're sitting watching TV and my dog who is uber sensitive she starts sniffing the air is this the same dog (laughs) same dog and i'm looking at her and i'm like oh something's going on and before i can before i can even process that thought our door on the far end slam shut slam shut she jumps up and barks and she's freaking out and my ex looks at me who's sitting on my right side um turns to me i'm on his left and he's all did you do that? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I jumped over you and ran back. Because <laughs> he just never, he just never believed it. So the door slams and scares my poor dog and I, but um, my ex is oblivious. Pulling forward, we had a lot of activity. There were still plenty of things that were going on. The smell never left. Um, and my marriage dissolved in that house. Um, and my ex left. And so I'm alone at this point. And I've had a number of things happen that I have called my, um, my bishop and had him come and bless this house. It was like every other week almost that he was coming and I was kind of wrapping up. I'm getting to the point where I'm going to be leaving and moving out. And I am sitting in my room, which is on the main floor of the house and towards the front. So we have in the upstairs was this big bonus room next to this room that had this kind of taverny smell. And as I'm sitting down in my room, which is down the stairs and, and over to towards the front of the house, the fire alarm goes off in the game room. And there's two of them in there. So one goes off, the second goes off, then the one by the room goes off, then the other one in the hall goes off, and then the one just above the stairs goes off, and then the one by the stairs goes off. And it's like, it's just every 
Like somebody's walking by yes. and setting them off Every as they go by. Every fire alarm in ta- is just going off as if someone were walking from the back room all the way down the stairs. They must have been hot. And into my room. (laughs) By then, I'm on the phone calling my bishop again. And it had only been a couple of days. And his wife gets on. I'm like, hey, I need you to come re-bless the house. She's like, again? And then she hears, at the minute I say, come bless the house, every single fire alarm in the house starts going off all at the same time. And she's like, okay, we'll come. (laughs) And so they came. Um, and re-blessed the house. And, and I think it was just a couple of days later that I was packing up and leaving. And from that time, I just, I would wake up with someone blowing smoke in my face, like cigarette smoke in my face, but like old, like wasty, not fresh by any measure. <laughs> not the good fresh and, stuff. <laughs> no, it was, it was seriously like, mm, yeah. And you know the smell. It's like, you know. It's kind of a gross smell. But then, you know, probably the worst of it, because the fire alarms were kind of exciting and and it was certainly creepy. But the worst of it was when I was, uh, the last day, I was in the shower and I had that same stinky smell (laughs) in the shower with me. And I'm like, seriously, private space. (laughs) And I left that house and never went back. But I, it seems like, I've always had an experience wherever I go. There's where are the boundaries if they can get in the shower with you? Right, that is so impolite. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> it was like the worst. It was like I couldn't shower and dry off fast enough. I was like done with that. I think you'd be haunted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. so when you've gone to other houses since then, have you had any experiences? Um, I have. I I had one. It was probably the first time I've ever been physically. hurt. Um, physically attacked I had moved into an apartment that was above a business and um, at this point you know there's a lot of from that after I'd left that home I'd had every space I'd moved into blessed because I no longer had my ex who was kind of baggage that didn't like that and so I'd have it blessed but I would moved into this apartment and it had been a little hectic so it'd been a couple of weeks and I hadn't had my space blessed and as I'm laying in bed and I've got my my sheets over me and I'm laying there and I'm dozing off to sleep and all of a sudden I feel pain on my elbow and I thought wow that's weird it was kind of like a burning scratchy feel and so I jumped up and I flip on the light and I look and I have a scrape on my arm and it almost looks like a rug burn where it just kind of peels back your flesh a little bit. But it was like the size of a thumbnail and it just had scraped along my elbow. And I was like, what the crap is this? Because I'm under my covers. It didn't scratch myself. I didn't myself. think that was allowed. They're spirits. They're not supposed to be able to have physical contact. You would be surprised at the number of people who um, have scratches that occur in, in high activity places. So I did immediately call my dad the very next morning and say, please come and bless my home. Um, and he had to come a couple of times. Apparently in one of the, the areas of the business, someone had found a room that someone had set up as kind of like a witch. They'd been practicing some kind of witchcraft in the room. And they cleared everything out and cleaned it all out and repainted and, and made it nicer. But there were some bad mojo going on in those spaces and it had been a part of where I was so um 
I think that added to it, the very last thing that ever happened to me there was I had to go outside to go and get rid of my trash. And as I had lifted the lid on this container to throw the trash in, I looked down and my arm had this, uh, it looked like someone had whipped me. It was like this big S um, blood blister on my arm and it was braised and it was gnarly looking. And I looked at it and I thought, where did that come from? <laughs> and I didn't feel it. I All I did was see it. And um, I was running upstairs so that I could go and get a photo of it because it was freaky. By the time I was upstairs, it was totally gone and I couldn't take a photo of it. But it didn't hurt. But it was as if someone had whipped me and I had this lovely S scar on my on my skin. I think you'd be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never had any more troubles there, but um, it was it was probably the worst that I went through because I was physically attacked at that place. Well, you definitely have a thin line between you <laughs> and the world of ghosts. Or they're coming after you <laughs> on point. Well, and, you know, it's interesting because I, it doesn't, it does, it's not terrifying when it's happening. It's a little creepy, like looking back going, wow, hmm, that really happened to me. <laughs> but I don't think that there's a level of fear there because they really don't have power over you that you don't give to them. And I think. Unless uh, they scratch you. Yeah, but even then, um, even then, it's it's a scratch, and and then you know you have someone come resolve it, and they can't do it anymore. I mean, well, thank you for calling in today. That um, was great fun. Thank you. <laughs> Good stories. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Halloween. Hey, you too. Bye bye. Welcome to the Love Your Story Halloween Ghost Story Hotline. Do you have a story for me? I do. Actually, I have I have two stories. My name is Stacy. So I actually, my family um, has strong connections to the other side, I guess you could say. Um, my dad's mom, she kind of started it. And my dad also has strong connections. And me and my sister as well. Like we've had a lot of experiences. But I will share two with you. So my first one, when I was in elementary school, my parents left for the day. And to get away from my siblings, I went into their room to take a shower. And I locked the door. And I'm showering. And all of a sudden, I hear... And I was in the middle of, like, lathering my hair. And I get out of the shower... And the TV is on, and it's static. Mm. I don't know if you've, if you've ever experienced that before. Yes. But. That's old school. Yeah. <laughs> we had cable, which was hooked up to the TV. So even if the TV turned on, it would have been connected to cable. But this time, it was just static. Mm. So I was like, okay, that's weird. Turn the TV back off. And then I got back in the shower so I can rinse out my hair. And as soon as I got back in the shower, the TV turned back on again. And again, it was just static. So, oh my gosh. Did you start <laughs> freaking out? Or was this kind of thing common? It was, that kind of thing wasn't common. I had seen and heard things before that, but I've never had something kind of interact with me in that kind of a way. 
So I got back out of the shower and I turned off the TV and I was just like, enough, like, just let me take a shower. And so I got back in the shower and then did not come back on. And I talked to my siblings and I'm like, were you guys messing around? And they're like, no, the door was locked. Like we couldn't, like we had questions for you, but we couldn't get in there. And I checked with my parents about maybe a timer on the TV and their TV wasn't smart enough to have a timer. Like they had one that could turn off, not one that would time to turn on. So I think it's so, interesting that you had a conversation with yeah. <laughs> whatever it was and that it listened to you. Well, yeah, I'm really grateful for that because I had had enough. <laughs> interesting. Okay, next story. So my next story, me and my sister, we shared a room and our bed was across from our dressers. And on the top of our dressers were these porcelain dolls, which are creepy enough as it is. Let's all be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, dolls dolls don't have a good reputation in wicked stories. No, no, they really don't. And I, I still don't like dolls to this day. I can't, I can't look at dolls without getting creeped out. But both me and my sister would kind of experience them move a little bit. Like they would be in one place and they would move over just a little bit. It was never like a big movement. It was always little movements. Are you sure you weren't imagining it? I am pretty sure because it happened with both me and my sister. I'd be like, did that just move? Oh, like you actually saw it move? Yeah. So we, we would see it move every once in a while. Mm. But then like sometimes we'd come home from school and it would be a little bit over from where it was. And you could tell because of the dust marks on oh the dress or on the Yeah, dressers. right. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And I could hear them actually, like, say my name. Really? They would say, say Stacy. Really? And it would wake me up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Did you tell your parents? Were they freaked out? My dad, he grew up with those kind of experiences, like, being so close to um, the other side. Yeah, what does, so being, he, what does being close to the other side mean? Just that you are have a higher proclivity for being able to see ghostly instances? I guess, yeah, that and just also like being able to hear things. So not only see, but also hear. So, I mean, it's, it still happens a little bit as an adult now that I'm older, but not nearly as much as when I was younger. So why do you think that is? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not, because as I got older, it got more annoying instead of like this really cool thing. I'm like, just leave me alone. Like, I don't want to have this connection. Mm. So I think they've just kind of given me some more space, I guess. I don't know, but it really just depends on where I'm living too. You think the house matters? I definitely think the house matters. <sighs> That's so interesting. So we heard um, some ghost stories earlier about specific houses and different things happening in those houses. So um, why do you think the house matters? Um, I think that it just, the spirits that are there, like it attracts different kinds of spirits, depending on where you're living. What determines what attracts what kind of spirit? You know, I, I don't, I don't know, but I feel like newer places, like once you do a lot of remodeling and stuff, it kind of like dredges up these old spirits. And gets them, you know, kind of going again. Um, That's an interesting idea. It's just, it's just kind of my experiences from the past 
and where I'm at. Okay, so what's the freakiest thing that's ever happened to you? I think the freakiest thing that's ever happened to me is just like I'll be driving in my car and I'll hear I'll hear my name very clearly with the radio off and it's just me in the car and it's right next to my ear. And it's happened a few times and it it scares the crap out of me. And I never look in the rearview mirror because I've also had experiences where I've looked in the mirror and I've seen something. So I don't look in the mirrors when I hear things. What's something? Have you seen a face? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So I don't really look in mirrors a whole lot when I (laughs) get that kind of a feeling. (gasps) Stacy, thank you for calling in. These are great stories. Thanks, Lori. It was a lot of fun. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Our time is already up, but those stories should get the holiday spirit flowing. I'll be honest, I'm a little more freaked out now than I was before I heard the stories. But all I can say is, may the Halloween spirit be with you and may it be a friendly one. Join us in a few weeks for our November episodes, which will highlight some great story gift ideas for the upcoming gift-giving season. Our first November episode will be a discussion with the author of Six and Spider Jungle for the younger kids on your list, and a lesson in how our differences make us stronger, which is something no matter what your age, in this time and in this place in our country, it's going to be a great story to listen to. You'll also get a free download when you listen. So we'll see you in two weeks and have a happy Halloween.